Hey, this is Scott Steiner, Big Papa Pump, the Big Bad Booty Daddy, and you listen to IcoPod, the best podcast going today. Holler if you hear me. back with episode 150 of Icopod. I am Bob Collin Jr. And with me as always is Austin Skinner and Dallas Gridley. And fellas, this week's episode is the first ever edition of WCW Monday Night Nitro because WWE or WWF was preempted with Raw. We've watched the WCW pay-per-views. Most of those have been pretty below average to average at best. But are we excited for the Nitro era? Uh, I, I'm personally pretty excited because I think it's going to bring interest into both products, even though we are not going to be covering Nitro necessarily as far as watching it on this show. I'm excited to see what it, the WWF does as we move forward. Uh, I think for me... More than anything else, it'll be nice to finally have something truly comparable to a Monday Night Raw episode. Because, yeah, we've kind of watched the pay-per-views back-to-back. And, yeah, we've talked about the syndication a little bit. Uh, But as far as really having something physical in our hands to hold out and say, here, this is what they're doing instead of Monday Night Raw is something we're not familiar with or haven't experienced yet on the show. So I think for nothing else, I am excited for that. I've seen this show before in its entirety. Um, So it's not like it's like, oh my God, I'm super excited. I've never seen this episode. It's more so I'm excited to see this episode with some context because, of course, before I didn't really have any. Um so for those reasons and more, yeah, I've been uh, I've been really looking forward to seeing kind of how the first Nitro sets the stage for WCW moving forward. Uh, Dallas, is, is this Nitro something that you've seen? I don't know. I believe I have seen it. I couldn't really tell you a whole lot about it, though, to be honest with you, um, besides like the major things. Um, but I'm pretty sure I've seen the whole episode before, yeah. Okay. Um, really quick, I want to touch on... The fact that I think this episode does a really good job of kind of showing you what Nitro is going to look like for the next couple of years. Um, Because everything that's great about Nitro is here, as well as everything that's not great about Nitro. So I think it's a really accurate kind of preview of what to expect moving forward. I mean, for a rough estimate, I would say from here until probably the fall of 98 is uh, consistently good for the most part. Well, strength and weaknesses. 
you know, Nitro's strengths and weaknesses don't really change much, which is nice because WWF strengths and weaknesses change seemingly every week. So yeah. it'd be nice to have some consistency to kind of sprinkle in here and there. But I guess that's more or less what I what I meant. That the the formula Right, yeah, there is a yeah. does not really veer off too much, which is good. It's you know good what thing. I'm what I'm really curious about seeing is with with the uh, WWF for really for the most part they don't have a consi- uh, like a a change in story very often like they, right. when they when they get something they ride with it for you know half a year or longer until the tires are flat and the engine doesn't work anymore right so when we get to the NWO era mm. in uh what summer of 96 that's really, for the most part, that's really the only angle that WCW really has from that point until probably the end of 1999 to even early 2000 in some capacity. Right. That is the main storyline. Right. Well, because then even at like the end of 99, they bring it back. Like it's, that's what, it's already... Right, that's what I'm saying. So, And then you could even make the argument that with the reset in April of 2000, the new blood is really just the NWO with a different coat of paint with the, right. I mean, I I think in, in it's general, what you look at it is then. Yeah. It's the same formula type of guys. Yeah. But at least with the new blood, it was kind of like, Oh, they're like, um, generally the younger guys and some newer people who you don't, weren't getting too much spotlight. At least it wasn't like, um, I don't remember. I haven't, I haven't seen it so long. But you know, like Hogan, like it's it's yeah. not like so. Obviously, it wasn't as impactful, but it is. It's found that same formula of let's get a really big group of guys together, and we got Vince Russo. He's leading the charge, and instead of Eric Bischoff, and well, even Eric Bischoff was with him in the beginning. But you you get the point here. Well, and the whole thing is, and really, I don't blame him. You know, with NWO setting the world on fire in 1996. Turning the business upside down. I can't help but to think, in their minds, this shit's gold. For a couple of years, this is gold. Look at how easy this is. Until it catches up with you. That's the one thing I think WCW was plagued with. Is that it rests on its successes. And didn't really do much to change anything. You know, star power kind of dipped a little bit and quality dipped a little bit. There was no writing of the plane. You know, there was no pulling up of the nose. It was just kind of, hey, this was great. And hey, remember how great we were. And hey, we're kind of still the same and we kind of still have the same guys. But it's just not as cool. So I think that's the one thing that I guess I'll give to WWF, their ability to really chameleon themselves to, especially a very turbulent 1990s, just in pop culture. I mean, crazy turn from, you know, say, January 93, when Raw starts, to say, August 1997 in pop culture. Two very different places in the world so i I i think i give it to the wwf with regard to that but i think dallas makes a good point you know 
it's a little different once they kind of hit, you know, the new blood or whatever. But it's really at its core the same shit we were seeing since 1996. Yeah, and I think to be fair though, um, without giving too much props to the WWF, they're they're swinging and missing quite a bit, and they're going to for a while. I think, and I think, right? I think obviously everyone remembers all the shit they enjoy and like, but. I think once we go back and as we as we creep over the next couple of years, even, I think we're going to see a lot of shit that we did like and then be like, yeah, in hindsight, that actually wasn't that great. Like, it, it didn't really resonate. And well, maybe... it, yeah, no, I agree. And I think maybe to compare it in, in, in a different way. For Bob's sense, Mr. Baseball over there. The WWF, I think, Dallas, you're exactly right. There was a lot of swings and misses, so they're up at the plate swinging all the time. WCW comes out of the gate to hit a home run, and then the rest of the season, they're like, hey, remember that home run we hit? We've struck out every day since then, but do you remember how cool it was when we hit that home run the first game? (laughs) And WWF is like swinging, swinging. They might get a bunt here and there, you know, run to first. But I agree. I think that uh, I think that that's a good kind of way to put it. See, I don't know. You said that WCW's star power kind of takes a hit. I mean, that doesn't really even happen until the uh, radicals leave. I fe- I feel like. I mean, they their well, roster is loaded. I think the problem is a lot of lack of coherent storylines are that, really changing any or kind of motivation. Angle. There's no motivation. When you take a guy like Ric Flair, say, and really having him on your show does nothing. Having Hogan on your show does nothing. You know, all these guys, Lex Luger does nothing. Randy Savage do you know, makes no impact. It's it's not so much that they were losing stars, the stars were losing themselves. And then nobody felt important anymore. So I guess that's maybe I should have clarified that that's kind of the way I see it. Yeah, I mean, I I'm personally super interested, um, as I think Bob has mentioned before as well. Um, I plan to watch Nitro following along with this in the off time, um, more or less to because I, it's something I've wanted to do from start to finish, um, and also to kind of keep you know keep track of what we're doing versus what Nitro is doing, and so I think I think as that happens and as we continue to watch. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the moments that aren't just, oh, here's the NWO. Like, I'm looking forward for those those B stories, those C and yeah. D level stories that yeah. are going to be like, wait, no one talks about that. Why does no one talk about that story? Yeah. Or, hey, that was a pretty good segment. Instead of, we have, I think we all live in the world and we're all plagued by this idea of the WWE's version of WCW, right? And mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, well, they were did all this stuff bad, and this is why they went out of business, and they did all this. But once again, you're going to look at stuff WWF did, and it's the same shit on a, in a different toilet. Like, it's, I think, you know, I, like I said, I think we all have this idea of WCW. And unless, uh, unlike me, I did not live through the Monday Night Wars as a fan. Now, if someone like Bob, who probably remembers a lot more of watching these shows live, has a different view of it, because he actually got to live it. He's not, he doesn't look at a, rise and fall of wcw dvd that came out 10 years ago and is like oh man wcw really fucking sucked right 
Well, I wish that was true. That well, I, you know, I, I watched mean. it as a child. No, hang on. Oh, okay, okay. Because I tried, but in this time, I um, I have an older sister, and we did have two televisions. Oh, but here's a story for you, and I think I've mentioned it before. So on Monday nights, my dad had a bowling league, right? And my sister was probably what she would. Oh my god, no way! That can't be right. Yeah, no, I guess she would have been nine. Okay. Right? No, she would have been about eight. Mm. Yeah, and I would have been six, right? So I I guess my dad left us home alone. I mean, it sounds like your dad. I don't think my my mom wasn't there. She was, I think, at work too. She worked nights. Anyway, so, you know, it's eight o'clock or nine o'clock at night. Uh. And then I said we had two TVs. You guys know my old house where there was the, yeah. like the den and the living room, right? Yeah. So there was a TV down in the den, and that window didn't have a curtain. Never yeah. did, right? So my sister was absolutely terrified to go down there at night because she thought maybe someone would be looking in the window or try breaking in or whatever. So she would watch <laughs> TV in the living room. Well, uh, being the smaller you know, child she would not let me go down there to watch what i wanted to watch because she was afraid in the living room with mm. that with that big window with see-through blinds or whatever so she'd be watching seventh heaven mm. on monday nights and i would switch over to nitro on commercials so i would get to see maybe two or three minutes at a time of what was going on Ugh. before having to go back to seventh heaven so you know shockingly enough i mean i've i i didn't even watch raw was not the show of choice for me not until about 98 probably i always kept up with raw through uh like live wire you know the saturday morning show right and uh nitro was somehow the, the show that i kept on tuning into so uh for the most part i mean i just remember everything that i've watched uh Really through the network or through DVDs that I got through the years. To watch well, it. yeah, and to kind of touch on, and we've talked about this way back when we first started doing WCW uh, pay-per-view watchers. Um, I grew up a WCW kid too. Not that I necessarily was, you know, knowledgeable to that fact, but I always had WCW toys growing up. I had yep. the little ring with the magnetic guys, and. Growing up in North Carolina is WCW country. Hogan was on WCW TV. So if anything, if my parents knew that I either liked the toys or just liked wrestling in general, that's more than likely what I've would have either seen or, or what have you. So I know for a fact I had the toys. I know for a fact I enjoyed it growing up. Um, and really didn't fall in line with wrestling, wrestling, uh, WWF, WCW, or otherwise until I moved back to to New York. So I know as a very young kid, I had the toys because the toys were hot, man. Wrestling toys in the '90s, dude. Probably everybody had some sort or another. So that was kind of my exposure to WCW pretty early on, I would say. 
So it's funny that you say that, and I might have mentioned it before, so I'm going to keep this short too. But really, I was exposed to WCW before I even knew WCW was a thing, and it was through action figures from a childhood friend. Right. And he had the ring that you'd spit water out of it. And he had Kevin Nash, and he had, like, Sting. I had no fucking clue. That was literally early years of me even getting into wrestling. Right. And I I never knew much about WCW until much, much later. And looking back, it's like, oh, shit, I literally did play with WCW toys, and I had no idea it was even a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my uh, my first wrestling toys were the big, like, uh, clay or whatever, galoob ones. Yeah. Flair and uh, uh, Vader, Hogan, Savage, Harlem Heat, Nasty Boys, Johnny B. Bad. Uh, I think those were the – I think that was all the ones I had. Yeah. Um, for WCW to start off, and then – Eventually transitioned to uh, the 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 WF ones because those ones were quite better, to be honest with you. Well, yeah. And I remember one year I got like nine of them and I was freaking out. Yeah. And that was awesome. Although it was like Farouk. It's like who the hell wants Farouk? Yeah. Mm, it was stupid. Got it, man. Yeah, my parents tried. Well, and and for me, I always had like the. Like they had the little micro WCW ones with the like the small ring that I had, but yeah. the ones I vividly remember are is like the Goldberg that can power bomb the Rey Mysterio. So the upper body of the Rey Mysterio is real rubbery, and the legs are hard plastic. And then I had the ones where it was like a Raven, a DDP, a Goldberg, and a, I think Hogan. And they all had uh, magnets on their fists. It came with a bell, and you could, like, connect the magnets, and they'd throw each other over their heads and shit. You'd, like, squeeze the legs, and the arms would throw up. Um, Those are the ones I grew up on. So, All right, well, that's a little uh, background, I guess, for our WCW fanhood. Uh, Let's give you some context as to what is going on as we're heading into the uh, Nitro era. Uh, Sting is our United States champion. Hulk Hogan is the WWE world champion. The tag team champions would be Bunkhouse Buck and Dirty Dick Slater. Shit, yeah. I don't believe they've uh, lost the belts yet. Now, that ha- they won the belts on July 22nd, which was shortly after Bash at the Beach. Mm-hmm. Our television champion is still... The uh, Renegade, uh, we're coming off of Bash at the Beach uh, where Hulk Hogan defeated Vader in a cage. Um, Rainy Savage defeated Ric Flair in a lifeguard match. Uh, And really the main thing was uh, coming out of that show was following the main event where Vader essentially turned babyface because Flair came out and Flipped out on him. Arn Anderson came out and was like, oh, what, what's going on? You know, piece of shit. Can't believe you lost to Hogan again. That led to a handicap match at the August 5th Clash of Champions, Clash of Champions 31. Now, that whole show, I'm not, I mean, I get, I'm not going to go deep into this because, to be quite honest with you, the show is absolute garbage. <laughs> but uh, if you're a huge fan of the Dungeon of Doom uh, Hulk Hogan feud, then the August 5th. 95 show is probably a show you want to watch. Uh, I believe this is where Hogan goes into the dungeon of doom and he meets <laughs> guys like Kevin Sullivan and uh, the, the Prince or King, King Curtis, the Zodiac. 
yeah, all those guys. Uh, the giant uh, is involved in that as well. So, um, you know, on that show, Vader helps out Hulk Hogan to really solidify he is now a babyface. He would then go in that handicap match to pin Arn Anderson uh, to win that match. However, shortly after this show, Vader and Paul Orndorff get in a fight. Mm. And it, le- it led to, uh, I guess, Paul Orndorff kind of knocking Vader down. That's the urban legend while wearing flip-flops. And Vader is promptly fired from WCW. So that kind of throws a wrench into things as to where they're going to kind of go. Uh, at the end of the show, Hogan declared a war officially against the Dungeon of Doom. And Vader, that is basically promoting an eventual War Games match, which is now being advertised uh. as we head into Nitro here, where Hogan would lead a team against the Dungeon of Doom. And Vader was originally part of that team, but since he got fired, <laughs> that is no longer the case. <laughs> so we don't really know who's going to fill out that team uh, heading into the pay-per-view, which would be, I think, September 17th. Mm. So we got two like two weeks to to uh, deal with that. Uh, now, as we continue on here uh, with observer notes and house show things, I'm going to just address a couple of things here. So moving forward, I will be doing WCW and WWF notes for observer stuff, uh, WCW and WWF house show stuff. If there is any house shows to talk about, because WCW, quite frankly, uh, doesn't really run a whole lot of shows. Uh, until the, I think, early 97, late 96. They don't tend to do a lot of house shows in this era. Uh, they can't afford to. Right, they lose money every time they go out. <laughs> uh, the USWA ones, which we've always kind of enjoyed just for kind of the train wreck that they are, uh, that will likely be dropped because uh, really the main focus here is going to be the Monday Night Wars. Uh, I think a lot of fans, even the USWA fans, once this kind of transpires, don't care about USWA anymore. Um, right. If maybe there's anything of real note of a WWF superstar on there, and then I'll probably make note of it. But the era of talking about Gorgeous George III or Brian Lee or whoever uh, in USWA is likely over. Damn. And then for syndication... Uh, because most of the time, anything that we need to know about actually happens on Raw, or they even tell us, okay, hey, this happened on Superstars. Uh, that will likely be dropped as well. And quite frankly, if I were to do that for WCW, they have about six different syndication shows. So that would probably just get redundant and a little annoying. So uh, we're, we're going to really keep it to WCW and the WWF. Uh, as Dallas had mentioned that he'll be watching Nitro kind of uh, beforehand, I tested it out to where uh, you ha- I could actually watch Raw and Nitro on the network on two different devices at the same time. And I'm at least for the first one, I'm going to see when they're head to head next week. I'm going to see how that kind of works out, and if I enjoy it, if I think it makes sense, I'll continue that. If not, I'll probably do kind of what Dallas is doing in terms of watching Nitro first and then uh, being on here. 
but obviously Raw would be the focus. Nitro would be on mute. If there was like a squash match going on, I'd be like, oh, hey, this is what's going on over here. You know, if Raw main event were to start, I'd be like, this is what WWE is doing to combat that. Just to give context of like exactly what's going on at the same time, roughly, uh, for the for the content. All right. With all that out of the way, let's go into some observer notes. There's only a couple things as we head into Monday Night Nitro. Uh, Ric Flair is not 100%. He has a shoulder injury, which he, he uh, suffered in Japan. Mm-hmm. And he didn't take bumps recently at a Las Vegas show. He's also set for a minor eye surgery on September 18th. And he'll be out of action for two weeks. And the only other uh, bit of news as we head into this Nitro is that Ron Simmons and Butch Reed are rumored to be returning at the November 26th pay-per-view reforming Doom. Uh, Ron Simmons has not been in WCW since 1994. He had done a few shots at uh, with ECW. And Butch Reed has not been really seen anywhere since, uh, I think, late 92 for WCW. Right. So... Uh, It'll be interesting if that were to happen with them reforming Doom. Uh, now, WSW has one house show, and that was on August 26th, 1995, in Las Vegas, Nevada, at the Thomas Mack Center, and it drew 1,400 fans. And it featured the following matches. Uh, Marcus Alexander Bagwell and Alex Wright defeating Harlem Heat. Jim Duggan pinned Kamala. Diamond Dallas Page pinned Dave Sullivan. WCW television champion, the Renegade, pinned Arn Anderson to retain the title. The Nasty, Vo- the Nasty Boys defeated Lord Steven Regal and Bobby Eaton. WCW United States champion Sting defeated Meng by disqualification. And in the main event, Randy Savage pinned Ric Flair. Kind of a... That felt kind of like a complete uh, Great American Bash 95 card for the <laughs> most part, if I've ever seen it. <laughs> We just watched that whole card. Yeah. So all those matches were something that we've, we've seen recently. Ugh. Uh, and for WCW standards, the final three matches are, I guess, uh, their they're top matches. But I'm, right. I'm, probably, I'm probably not going to go out of my way to check it out. Like, I probably wouldn't go to it. Yeah. I think I would agree, especially assuming that we've watched, you know, the pay-per-view prior to this actual live show. And knowing it wasn't anything super great, it's like, well, if it wasn't that great on pay-per-view, is it really going to be much better? So I think uh, I think I'd be with Bob on this one. I don't know, man. I'm all for seeing the stars. You might be able to pull me in those last couple matches, but I mean, I agree with what Austin said. If it's not going to be good on pay-per-view, why would it be good in person? So I don't know. If uh, someone talked me into it, I'd probably go. Yeah, well, Dallas is a sucker, so he goes mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's get, uh, I guess it's time for Monday Night Nitro. I'm going to count down from five, and then uh, we're going to sit down and do a live watch for the next 45 minutes and four seconds. So if you want to watch along, head over to the WWE Network, go to in-ring, find WCW Nitro, go to 95, September 4th. And here we are. All right, I'm going to cut down for five, and then uh, we'll get the show on the road. Here we go. Five, four, three, two, one, play. 
Don't forget about your ad, guys. Right. Sorry, my ad is, uh, it's off. I think it was The Undertaker again, but I'm not 100% about that. Why do I keep on getting progressive? This is bullshit. I don't know. I'm just so excited to see something different right already. Like, this is already well, so great. I already like the opening. It's better than... Well, that just looked like badass. Like, okay, now I'm hyped for a wrestling show. Right. Minneapolis, Minnesota, Mall of America. <sighs> My network's working really good. The only building that is big enough to hold the first Monday Night Show, Eric Bischoff says, as he's with Steve McMichael. Oh, boy. Now, we've Look seen him you... on Raw. That's a good point, yeah. How do, you, how do we feel about this show taking place in a mall? I think it, it's if it, it makes you want to tune in to see it, I feel like, because it's similar to, like, Bash at the Beach, where it's like, oh, they're on a beach. Okay, this one, they're in a mall. Like, what the fuck is this company doing? They're, they're in all these different locations. Is it, Give me a... worse, is it better than worse than a high school gym? Uh, better. Um, Austin, we are at a minute, 24, 25, 26 seconds. Got it. Bobby Heenan's acting like he doesn't know who Steve McMichael is. They knew were great with the Cubs, but he was a football player and he played it for the Bears. I'm uh, I'm relatively close to where you guys are at, but the, my first impression, having not seen anything up until this point, because um, my network sucks, this opening, the way they're doing this, screams WWF ripoff. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the intro at the show with the guys at the announce table. Yeah, very much. Yeah. Yeah, see, the visual of the, of the Mall of America is great. Yeah, it's definitely a different look. Now we're starting off with the Jushin Thunder Liger, which is one of uh, Austin's favorite wrestlers ever. Which, mind you, this crowd isn't super familiar with. You know, he's been on WCW pay-per-view a handful of times. Um, but uh, I would say for the majority of this crowd, they're probably not super familiar with him. Yeah. But you know what? That's the thing is I think um, what what's good about Liger is, okay, that dude looks, if you don't know who he is, you're like, okay, he looks pretty cool. Right. Like, I want to yeah. see what's about to happen. So I'm already interested. Right. And here's his opponent, Brian P- Brian Pillman or Flying Brian. I think uh, I think Flying Brian's a pretty interesting choice, considered he hasn't been really utilized much at all. No, he has not been featured really. So that's an interesting selection, I think. You know, I I was thinking that for their entrances, <clears throat> how cool it would have been if they were coming down an escalator. Oh my god! <laughs> that would have been good. Like waving, and then yeah, they go up, ready, or down those oh. elevators right there. Yeah, somersault kick in the corner here by Liger. Now, um, I don't know uh, if you guys know or not because I don't. But so we're in a mall. Obviously, not everyone who's standing around has paid to see this show. Right. However, I would imagine this was a free show. Yes. Either a free show or you, if you wanted those floor seats, as uh, Liger does a moonsault on the Pillman, I think those seats maybe right there, maybe those could have been paid potentially. 
But I think in general, I don't think you. I think it's similar to Bash at the Beach. I don't. I don't know how you could have. Yeah, I'm not really sure. If I had a guess, it's probably like a first come, first serve. I would be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if some of these people switch out. You know, like the guy in the pink shirt, pink sweatshirt. He might venture off and go shop somewhere else, and somebody else takes his spot. You know what I mean? That's a good point. If he's if he's not familiar with this and doesn't have any interest, then yeah, why not? Yeah. I, you can go um go get some pasta. So with some pasta mania, brother. <laughs> right. Who knows? Because that is in this mall, by the right. way. Pillman did a head scissors on Liger, and now the oh Liger just runs into a big boot. Ooh, a oh, sloppy looking head scissors by Pillman, who's acting like as if he hit that properly. <laughs> you gotta sell it, dude. I guess. It's only a botch if you acknowledge it's a botch. There you go. If you don't let them in, they don't know. That's right. Come on, man. Now, I I know we're not going to pay super much attention to the commentary, but I, I'm waiting for some little, some little hits here and there at uh, the WWF. Now, Eric Bischoff just keeps saying, like, this is the hottest place to find wrestling action anywhere. So there's stuff like that, but I'm waiting for some, like, subtler hints that may have not been picked up on necessarily if you if you weren't really paying attention to it, you know? Yeah, see, I feel, at least early on, you can't really do that because when you... I f- it kind of makes you look minor league to... Well, well, yeah. ...to be addressing that type of stuff. And I understand why they did that, but... You know, you're kind of punching up, I guess, but I, I don't know. Everyone's going up the escalator. <laughs> Surfboard here by oh, Liger. Oh. Now, see... I get that they're trying to build a coherent match that makes sense, but doing a surfboard stretch in the middle of a mall when you're the first match on this major show you're launching. It's like, really? Let's keep it to the hits, folks. I don't know. I think that's a pretty... I mean, I agree, like, keep it fast-paced, but I think that's still a pretty impressive-looking move. Yeah, I mean, he definitely was stretching them out. Pillman basically just backdropped himself over the top of the floor. Yeah, and see, we're picking it back up again. So, like, I don't know. That doesn't really bother me that they that they did that there. It wasn't two minutes long of a abdominal stretch like we see on the WWF. It's not a yeah. nerve hold through a commercial break. Liger just did a running somersault dive off the apron onto Pillman outside the ring. Now, an interesting note here that I'm I just saw is that there's no branding anywhere. Uh, not on the turnbuckles, not on the apron. Not there's the... a if you look up, there's a WCW. Oh, there's a banner up there. Lo- there's like a logo. <laughs> oh, they're probably not going to show. Oh, there it is. Oh yeah, on the yeah. second level. Yeah, but you can't even see that on the hard cam. Not really, no. Yeah, but you know what I mean. We don't even have the ring apron with our logo on it. Yeah, Pillman with see? a cross body to the floor off the top. So imagine you're flipping channels, right? Back in the day, you're flipping. You're not going to know you... what it is. You're yeah. like, what's this? WWF? They got a blue ring. Right. I mean, <gasps> I guess that's a good point. Oh, like you're crotching Pillman on the top turnbuckle. I don't know if I really like Pillman's like weird mid thigh tassels. No, I don't like this attire that he has on. Oh, superplex! One, two, Pillman powers up. I thought he was going to win with that. No, he did not. 
I don't know, dude. We've been seeing uh, some silly ass finishes. Dude, what was the show we saw him win with a backdrop? It was like, oh my god. Oh, that was. Uh... Oh, Tiger coming come with the top and drop hits in midair. What? That was a WCW. That was a WCW pay per view. Wasn't it just Bash at the Beach? That we saw. So. Was it Renegade beating Paul Orndorff? Is that when he beat him with like a backdrop, back suplex mm. or something? That might have been right. I don't know. It was just like stupid shit. And when it's like, oh. Oh, he won. Okay. Yeah. So anything, I'm waiting for any and any finish in this match. Oh, wow, you're going for a power bomb and he hits it. One, two, Pillman kicks out. He's like, damn it. This is a rematch from Super Brawl 2. Now, um... Austin loves to tell the story about me being nervous uh, meeting Kenny Omega, but when this dude saw Jushin Thunder Liger across the room when we went down to New York City. Well, here's the difference, motherfucker. Okay, go ahead. We walk in to this small-ass, basically sound bar, where it's it's like a music venue. We had to be the first probably 20 people into this place we because were, we showed up four and a half hours early because that's what dallas likes to do no not four and a half hours early. yeah you motherfucker and it's me and austin wanted to meet people so fuck you bob choke on your water um so we were probably it's my grape juice you asshole listen to my story you prick the first 20 people in this place right so we walk in we got our hands full of shit that we're getting signed i got a mask i'm holding Dallas has got his fucking uh, folder out, pens, like, we're ready to go. Right. Oh, so shit. Got... Pillman got a win. And the crowd just exploded for that win, by they the way. With a roll. Wow. Um, as my computer buffers. That's great. So we walk in, right? And all the guys are lined around the room at tables. They're all at their own tables. Um, so when you walk in, immediately to your right, sticking out like a sore fucking thumb, full gimmick, sparkly mask, is literally Jushin Liger standing right there. Just, here he is, Jushin Liger, he's standing at the table. And it's like, yeah, I'm fucking intimidated. I ain't gonna, this dude's in full gimmick. He's Japanese. We're the first 20 people in here. And I'm like, nope, we ain't meeting that dude first. (laughs) And we didn't, by the way. We didn't. We went around the other way. Yes. I'll let somebody else do that icebreaking before I do that. Because the first interaction in a room is always awkward. You know what I mean? When you're like the first one in a room to meet somebody, it's always like weird. You got to warm it up a little bit. So we went over to meet Naito, who we met before. Didn't we? We had met him before. No, this was our first time, I think. Oh, so that was our first time meeting him. Regardless, a little bit more approachable than fucking Jushin Liger. So that's the case there. I I don't ever get starstruck, not in a long, long time. It's just like, fuck, there's a little intimidation when Jushin Liger's standing right over there. Yeah, and then this dude wanted wanted to take like four pictures... He was funny as fuck. Oh yeah, he did. He'd like he didn't he make you like repose a little bit and shit. Yeah, he's like, okay, one more, one more. Yeah, okay. like this, hands up like this. Oh, okay. It was awesome. And yeah. here's a, by the way, we just saw a very quick promo 
um, video of Sting saying something. And now here is Eric Bischoff trying to talk to Hulk Hogan at Hulk Hogan's friggin' pasta mania or whatever. Oh, goody. Big Bubba and Hogan in the main event. And he's like, listen, brother, who's got the largest arms in the world? You want to know who's got the largest arms in the world? Fucking pasta mania, brother. So get ready. Because I'm going to fight Big Bubba Rogers tonight, and you're all going to fucking kiss my ass, and I'm going to shove pasta on all these kids' jabroni throats, brother. <laughs> Let me tell I, you, uh, brother, eating uh, pasta out of Brian Knob's butthole uh, tastes real good, dude. Hey, you like, do you like your Alfredo sauce, brother? Well, dude, Brian Knob's is the best Alfredo sauce. When it comes to oozing out of his butthole, and I lady in the tramp that spaghetti with Linda oh, later tonight. God. Brother, yeah. Big Bubba. Yeah. Hey, I tried to save the asshole talk for the bonus episodes, but whatever. <laughs> oh, shit. You're right. Damn it. I, uh, <laughs> I wish I was watching with you guys, but my thing has crashed at least four times. Oh, well, you're not missing anything, if that makes yeah. you feel any better. Hulk Hogan's like, I've been eating my pasta media, brother, and I got the red sauce on it from Jimmy Hart's blood. We just stuck the IV in this morning, brother, and we oh. sucked it all out. We made some pasta sauce, brother. I should have made the fucking uh, uh, George Foreman grill, but I said, no, brother, no. And we're back in the arena here. You might think it's tomato sauce, dude, but it's really all the blood from Ric Flair when I would wrestle him, brother. So when he was bleeding, it wasn't blood. It's the new pasta mania sauce of the month. Flair's speak, blood, dude. Speak of the devil, here's Ric Flair's music. Ooh, well, like... you know, and here's a time check. Uh, we're at 13 minutes and 45 seconds. It's the Nature Boy, Rick Flair, is shopping in a mall. He's walking in the food court. He's in his outfit wrestling. from 2005. <laughs> he literally, yeah. He just bought this uh, jacket down at J. Crew, and he's ready for action here. <laughs> Nitro. Now, Flay is the type of guy that needs... He should be in a feud with Dr. Isaac Yankum. Yankum should be like, Flair, your teeth are all crooked and fucked up. You should come into my office. And Flair should be like, Woo, daddy. I don't think so. The ladies love my crooked, woo, teeth. Oh, yeah. Who's he fighting, brother? Oh, yeah. Is that who I think it is? Could it be? The man... They call Steve. I don't really see him ever wearing purple like this. Yeah, this is a very interesting jacket. Ready. And the bang. Why is that a backwards N? Hey, if you run out of ends, you got to use the backwards one. Am I right? It's weird. Now, he is the U.S. champion. This is not. I don't believe this is for the United States championship. Oh, wait a minute. The way the referee's. Maybe oh, it is. It, it is. It is, in fact, for oh, the United States fact. Championship. Huh. Wow. Um, now, Bob, do you happen to know uh, when Sting won the United States title? Because, wait a second. There's Lex Luger, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, that was, At, I wasn't expecting it right now. I, We're at 1525, and Lex Luger is, at, is on the Iowa way, and Bischoff's saying, get out of here. Crowd is chanting for him, all stood up staring at him. So they're this is so this. weird. I feel as, I think he was just there shopping, and this is just awkward. He, he took walked a wrong turn. Yeah. Doug Doug Dillinger's probably like, uh, sir, you, you gotta go. You can't be here. It was me, Doug. It's me, Lex. Who? 
The guy that kept on losing to Yokozuna? No, we, we don't take you. Oh, and Bob, I sorry, I take back what I said about the United States title. I was I was confused because Renegade is the TV champion, or at right. least at Sting won at a Great American Bash against in a yeah. tournament fi- final against Mike. No, I just I just made that uh, I forgot. I just looked at my thing I have up here, so my apologies. Um, I got to tell you, watching with context the Luger walkout segment is much different than prior knowledge to it happening. There is definitely some impact with that. Like, what the fuck is Lex Luger doing on this show? We literally just saw this dude not that long ago. We saw him at SummerSlam. Yeah, he came out at SummerSlam. And as I could be wrong, is that... Well, he's not again on Raw, of course, but he does. No. He, you said he might have appeared on a syndication show. Is that correct? He, yeah, there might have been an appearance where he wrestled on syndication. I, I don't know. Sting is doing some press slams here on Flair, as per usual. Now, does his debut here eliminate his mid card status that was in the WWF? I mean, the guy was losing all the time. He didn't really beat anybody for like a year. So, uh, for me, it's hard to say that because he. I honestly thought he did that first appearance in the uh, main event. So to come out during the U.S. title match seems a little eh to me. But at the same time, you look at the people who are in this match. You got Sting and Ric right. Flair, two big names. It's not really a mid-card. even though Two guys he has a very big history with, too. Exactly. So, exactly. So I think it's a step up. I think it's a step up as well. No, it is a step up. I'm saying you don't but does think. does it take him out of the mid-card? Well, I'm saying that when you're watching it, are you thinking, oh, Lex Luger's a main eventer now? Or are you watching and thinking, this guy was in a tag team with Davey Boy Smith losing to fucking men on a mission? Or, you know, he was just feuding with Tatanka. I'll be honest. For me, yeah, it kind of does. I, okay, so I think that's it's really, really tough because I feel like, I don't feel like I would go, oh, he's a main eventer now. I think to a degree it's, being like, oh, wait a second. I think it kind of reminds you, like, wait a second. Lex Luger could do some good shit at some point. You know, we he wasn't just, like, essentially losing every tag team match. I feel like it kind of reminds you about that kind of stuff. But, and this is, is where he's supposed to be. no selling some flare trap. Another fucking press thing. I love it. And this is where Lex Luger is supposed to be. Uh, WCW. This is where he belongs. So, to me, that's the exciting part. Oh, we got, just went up and over the... Uh, Top rope there on a crossbody. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if it necessarily erases all the garbage that we've seen of him for the last two years. Um, but it definitely makes me more excited for Lex Luger than I've been in two years. So, No, I agree with you. But All right, so here's here's another question. I swear to God, if this guy does another fucking press slam. Bobby's gonna. Well, press slam him through the middle, bro. Well, so here's my thing with okay, with Lex Luger. Do you immediately insert him into the main event, or do you have to gradually get in there? No, you got to gradually get him there because people know, and wrestling fans are wrestling fans. There's talk, there's magazines, there's ways to watch. Yeah. You can't, I, you can't like inflate it to where it immediately pops and you're done. You got to reblow up that balloon a little bit. I I agree, but I at this. No, I agree. I think at the same time, though, do do I think if Lex Luger came out and challenged Hulk Hogan for the title at the end of the show, do I think that that would be like, holy shit? Yeah, I do. 
And I think, I think this is the same situation. I mean, this shit happens today in wrestling too. Uh, a mid-card job guy leaves one company, goes to a different company. They give him the world title. And it's like, yeah, do a I lot see, of- I don't like that though. Yeah, but, yeah. but I think that in, in some ways you can be re-reminded of like, oh wait, that guy could actually work or it brings new interest into the guy. Now I don't necessarily agree with immediately giving anyone a world title, but I, I think, think that if, if Lex Luger, for instance, were to come in and beat Sting for the U.S. title, you're basically telling your audience exactly. that WWF yes. mid-carder can beat yes. our top baby base. Right. And that's my sentiments as well. Yes, it's a different landscape. And yes, it's di- you know different circumstances or, or whatever, or what have you. But that's the way I see it. Anytime somebody jumps from one company to the other and is immediately you know, gets instant gratification, it makes that company look less than. Yeah. And I don't like that. Yeah. Sting just missed a top rope splash, and as he did that, Arn Anderson came out, which is not nearly as big of a moment as Lex Luger having walked out for a brief moment before going backstage. Flair with the vertical suplex, but Sting's like, no, dude, I don't sell for you. You know that. Clotheslines. He's like, now, ooh, Stinger baby, woo. Now, to go back to the Lex thing, though, it's a little different because he does have history with the company. It's not his first time being yeah. seen. Well, so I think that's a really great point to bring up as well, though. Yeah. Because now, if he didn't have history, I think everything you guys are saying is, is accurate, even though I think there is always, uh, you know, uh, I think there's two ways to everything here. But since he has history with the company as well, I think it makes it that much bigger of a deal. And you could have put him out in the main event. I don't think it would have been like a bad move. Um, but at the same time, when you sit there with paper and you see who's in the matches and, and you, you kind of do it, you know, pulled back with a pulled back perspective, Luger coming out during this match is your best option for moving forward. Because well, him one- being involved with Flair or staying at this point is really going to be two of your best bets. Well, that's what I was going to say. And it that this plays a part in the two people in this match. Right. Exactly. So, like, if he came out during uh, Pillman and Liger, it'd be like, what? Like, wh- why are you out here? Right. But here, now, like, say what, it, do you think, what do you think is the money match for Luger and WCW right now? Sting. You think Luger against Sting is the money match? Yeah. Mm, I don't know. A bitter Luger coming back like, fuck you, my old partner. You think you can win championships here without me? Yeah, I'm fighting you. You know what I would think it is? I think it's. I think it would be Luger Hogan. I know. I sort of... It didn't work, Bob. No, but, oh, Superplex here by Sting. I, I no. say that because Luger was the all-American guy trying to replace Hogan in WWF. Failed. So why don't come after the source in WCW? Okay, so I don't think that would have got over. Now, how long do you wait to do that? Like, let's say hypothetically, that's what they're Star, they're working Starcade. on. Starcade, Starcade, September to December there or November. When is it during this time? Is it December? It's December. So you're gonna make, I assume, Luger beat Hogan. Um. See, that's dude. See, that's why well, you can't. You would have to if you build them up. If you have them win matches, I think, yeah, you could. There's no And then way. head into 96 with Luger as the WCW champ. Sting no could, be, could be the chase. 
Why not? It worked in '92. It can work in '96. There's no way. There's no well, way. Okay, Luger's so gotten too much damage done to him. There's no way. I don't know. I just dis- I disagree. I you. Oh, he wouldn't let go of the ropes. So now Arn just got in the ring, threw Ric Flair's legs off of Flair. Now Flair's standing up and he's taking his shirt off. What's it going to be? Is it Hogan shirt? No, it's his hairy chest. He's like, brother, this is it, brother. And then Flair, oh, Flair punches Arn, and now they're punching each other. They must have gotten really pissed off at each other after they lost to Vader at Clash one month ago. Yeah, they did. Arn is a babyface here in this feud. He's beating the shit out of Flair. I didn't realize this was a DQ finish. I thought there was a clean finish to this. Okay, I've changed my mind. I think the money match now... Wait, no, that doesn't make sense, so never mind. (laughs) Arn got a good little pop for being a babyface, beating Ric Flair up. I like that he took his jacket off as if he was going to reveal something, but then just had no shirt on. That jacket was something else. Let me tell you. Well, you know, it's 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 more effective to throw a punch without your shirt on. That's that's no knowledge. Oh yeah, I forgot. That's what I do. Oh, here's Scott Norton. Oh. He I signed a contract. He's telling Bishop he is he signed a contract. Oh, now he's shoving him. <gasps> Steve McMichael's like, hold on, big boy. He's like, you. You step back. You couldn't wrestle at WrestleMania. They chose LT before you. This is like, oh, where's Randy Savage? Oh, Oh, he's glad he's here. Oh, I think these guys were supposed to wrestle on this show. Dig it. Macho man. We'll be waiting for Let's do it. We're not waiting for nothing. Savage wants to do it right now. Bischoff is like, Loki, I'm not the boss, but you can't doing it. So, because I am the boss. So, so fuck you. Savage is getting a huge fucking pop. Oh, oh. What's our time check, guys? Uh, 26 minutes and 15 seconds. Same. <clears throat> We're going to take a break. This is out of control. Uh, Sabu. Yeah, is he coming? Yeah, there's a vignette for Sabu. He's trying to punch a fan in the front row. That's a good start. One of my favorites. Just kidding. Now, uh, fun note here. that All these highlights are from a dark match against Chris Canyon. Hey, if you got the footage. Well, they did this on purpose for just this reasoning. I think that's awesome. I think that's a great use of uh, a dark match. Yeah. Look at this. Even while the table didn't break, as you know, I am the table. Sabu is a maniac. I don't know if Sabu and WCW is going to be a good fit, but we'll we'll see. Is anything a good fit for Sabu? Mean Gene is in the ring. Uh, what? Uh, Austin, you're freezing up on my end. I don't know about Bob's end. Yeah, he's definitely freezing up. Oh, look at this. Mike Hill won the uh, Hardly Davidson sweepstakes. Austin, are you unfrozen? Yeah, my internet just kind of bumped in and out. But uh, I don't know if we're still recording. It does say you are recording. It says it's still still recording the golf. 
Okay. I don't know what's happening on my end for this episode, guys. It's really taking me out of it, so that sucks. WCW Saturday Night Johnny Bad against Dick Slater. Wait, what? Okay. Oh, they team up. How was it? Oh, okay, they're fighting blue the Blue Bloods. Bloods. I thought they were going to wrestle each other. What the hell? Fall Brawl. Fall Brawl, one of my favorite WCW pay-per-views. That's not true. The past couple we've so. watched have... No, we've only watched one, I think, with you, but it was not good. Well, let me tell you, you didn't miss anything with 93. So. Yeah. That was a bad show. A new oh. athlete. Who is it? Could it possibly be Bob Colling Jr.? No. Nope. Oh, fuck. Son of a bitch. Look at the video. It's not completely on the screen. It's awesome. Wall See? Street. Look at See? The new generation, yeah. they're making jokes about the comeback. I knew it was going to happen yeah. at some point. What do you say? The new generation is nothing but the few generation or something like that? Yeah. What a production glitch that they don't have it on the whole screen. Now, I'd just like to point out, he's pretty much dressed like Tad. And he's got the money on the lapel. He's yeah. wearing a nice suit with a gold tie. He's got the handkerchief in his pocket. Michael Wall Street is a real player. Well, fuck my Is this a promo you guys are talking about? Yeah, it was like a little vignette of him talking. They're they're debuting in the new superstar. So IRS basically is in WCW, Austin. Your wish has arrived. He looked skinnier. He looked in better shape than what he was dealing with on Raw. And his mullet was looking pretty nice, I gotta say. It's not all bad. Here's Big Bubber. Big Bubba Rogers. Iowa loves WCW. Well, we're in Minnesota there, kid, so I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Well, see, those locals at the top of the ceiling is wicked cool. Now put them on the fucking ring. No, we don't want that. No. Hulk Hogan getting the grand entrance. Is he going to be throwing handfuls of uh, pasta into the crowd? Maybe. Well, that's what I was hoping. Um, I'd also like to point out, this is really nice change of pace because since we're not on pay-per-view, they don't delay for 10 minutes. Like, here he is. Right. Yeah. Kind of bummed that we didn't get a Hogan promo. I mean, sure, we got one for the Pasta Mania thing, but... Oh, there you go. We might get one post-match, right? Oh, yeah, maybe. And he's going to put it down. He's like, this is the new world order of professional wrestling, brother. Yeah, dude. Yeah, tear your shirt off there, Hulkster. He's looking for the yeah. hard candy. Couldn't find it. He didn't know where it was. No, he didn't. These two have a history, Bischoff says. I don't know how accurate that is. At least in WCW. I guess he's referencing more WWF stuff. <gasps> Wait. Back in the locker room, Lex Luger and who? And Big Scott Norton. Oh, no. He's just saying all the different names. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. So Scott Norton makes his debut, but I mean, everything is overshadowed by the fact that Lex Luger showed up. Well, like, that's the thing is I almost don't you feel like they should have maybe done like Scott Norton's thing first. I mean, obviously, it still would have been overshadowed by Luger, but I feel like doing it after Luger, it almost makes it seem like they're also trying to make that as big of a deal when it it wasn't. 
Yeah, I would have done that first. Yeah. Uh, how about another time check here, guys? Uh, 32 minutes, five seconds. Okay. <clears throat> we have about 13 minutes left in the show. Well, I am currently on my guest Wi-Fi, so we'll, we'll see how it goes for the last couple of minutes here. That sucks that your internet decided. Yeah, it's that. this is the worst it's been in a very long time. So that's just great that the first episode of WCW was kind of ruined by that. Big Bubber with his ever devastating shaking side headlock. Now, but, would you put Big Bubba Rogers in your main event on the first show? No, okay. no, but I believe this was, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't this originally supposed to be Vader too? Or uh, I believe that's supposed to be on the second night. On the second one, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, either way, I think you could have found somebody better. To throw in there against Hogan. Well, now it's funny you mentioned that because before we, we did this, I was thinking kind of the same thing. Like, but who would you have put? I would have. Done, why not just do Hogan Flair? Honestly, though, I I know we've seen it a million times on pay per view, but for your first episode of Nitro, why? I agree. Why not? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think as far as interest wise, that's probably your best bet. Yeah. But I guess at the same time. Besides, like, Flair, who do we have as, like, a top heel? I mean, I don't necessarily think Big Bubba's that, obviously, the same level as Flair is, but I think we are sort of limited. Yeah. Bubba just did a splash in the corner to keep the advantage here. So, Hogan blocking being rammed in the corner face first. And, And you know what else? As Bubba gets thrown into the turnbuckle a couple times here, is that people know who Big Bubba is. So you look at it like this. You got Hogan, and you essentially have Big Boss Man in your main event for the first Nitro. People are going to recognize him. So in that sense, I understand why they did it. Yeah, but I mean, I think Flair has more name recognition than Big Bubba Rogers. Yeah, I'm not, I don't disagree with that. But if you were going to keep stinging at Flair, I think, I, think, I think what they did they make sense for the, probably the reasoning of why they did it. Oh, a backbreaker by Big Bubba. <clears throat> I wonder, maybe um, to some extent you could have done Hogan against uh, Shark. Yeah. <laughs> Earth, I, earthquake. Well, same, some people might find that to be a joke, but they did have a pretty good feud in 1990. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's a similar situation, I think, there. People would have known who that is. I think that could have worked. Yeah. But I mean, one, it might like, also hurt because they look kind of comical. Hogan just missed on a big on a big boot really badly. Oh, he came back yeah, for another one, and he one. came back wicked. Yeah, he got that one. And there's a sign in the front row, Hogan sucks, and Hogan is a wimp. Yeah, brother, yeah. dude. Yeah, brother. Yeah. yeah, that definitely is the case. I'm surprised Doug Dillinger hasn't taken those signs yet. Well, to be fair, the Hogan wave is quite over at this point. <laughs> I mean, nobody was yeah. buying him in 1994, let alone 1995. No. Yeah, the, the tide has definitely turned against hogan at this point yeah yes he bring, he brings in eyes there's no doubt about that um but he's i wouldn't say as popular nearly as he was in say even you know 93 big bubba just slid to the floor now he's grabbing jimmy hart by his jacket it's gonna allow hogan to sneak up from behind here 
for some right hands. Yeah, great. Go get him, Hulkster. Roll him back into the ring. Now this is very much a house show here, folks. That's what it feels. Yeah, like. this. Yeah, this match is very much by the by the buck here. Maybe Hogan thought he was in the dark match. Could be. Punches in the corner. Jimmy Hart's distracting the referee to allow that uh, illegal activity. Close line. Probably kind of overselling here. Whoa. Yeah. A little bit. Hogan liked it. Probably. He was like, wow, brother, I'm stronger than I thought I was. It's that pasta, brother. Whole grain pasta. Bubba's been looking like he's been having quite a bit of pasta. I don't blame him. I could use some pasta about right now. I'm probably going to make pasta after this. Oh, yeah. Okay, look at He's drilling in those shots from Big Bubba. That's right, baby. Laying the hammer down. Oh, knee lift. Come on, Bubba, get him. Win the WCW title right now. Although I don't know if this is for the title or not. It is. Son of a bitch. Can you imagine if Big Bubba won the belt? That'd be awesome. Oh, that'd be the end of Nitro. Oh, yeah. I mean. (laughs) Yeah, I guess you're right. He's in control here. What's going to happen? Just ramming into the corner. This is a boring match. Let me tell you that. Yeah, you think? Oh, missing a... Not even a splash. He just ran into the corner. Well, in this... You know, in the beginning of the episode, I didn't really want to dig too much into it because we were going to see firsthand. But this is one of the things where I think WCW is kind of plagued with. Pretty poor main events, but a super strong undercard match or two. Um, yeah, that's been the case for years. You know, so I think that's part of their formula. You know, you put the stars out there, probably not going to be a great match. Your good matches are going to be on your undercard. Yeah. Bubba did a side slam just a few minutes ago, or a few moments ago. But Hogan being Hogan, no sold it. For the most part here. Now he's fighting back. Big boot. Coming off the ropes. Drops the leg. One, two, of course. Clean win for the Hulkster. Good for him. I'm glad for the Hulkster. Glad he did a good it. reaction. Yeah. Well, they're probably just glad that it's over. <laughs> yeah. They yeah, Big Bubba can finally get out of the ring. They're like, thank God. <laughs> The Hulkster. He retained the strap. It's a miracle. Playing He's like, the yeah, kiss, He just shook his butt. I don't know why he just twerked. That was weird. Oh, my God. Here comes the Zodiac. Here comes the Thunder of Doom. Why are they at a mall? This is not. We're security. Kamala, Zodiac, Kevin Sullivan, Hogan. Has to, oh, here comes Shark. Here we go. Wait. Well, Lex Luger's in there. Oh, there's Meng. Luger's helping out Hulk Hogan. Okay, they do the classic bump into each other, and they're going to punch each other. No, they're not. My favorite thing is how big Lex Luger's shirt is, and it's tucked into his little tight pants. 
Yeah. Well, he's always had issues with his wardrobe. He doesn't doesn't really tend to have good choices. No, yeah, he doesn't know what he's fucking doing. Sting and Savage have come out trying to calm things down. Hogan trying to. He's like, "What are you doing? Who the hell are you, brother? Go back to the E, brother, or the F." You got a bus before I did, you son of a bitch with the Lex Express. Where's the Hogan Express? I hate you. You're well, did you know I was, supposed, I was supposed to be you, Hulk Hogan, and it didn't work because you know what? No one fucking gives a shit anymore. It's like, yeah, brother, you can never be me. You can never have the 24-inch pie, pasta pythons, brother. Say so I was trying to hold Hogan back. Now they're just yelling at each other. Sting's trying not to laugh. He's like, okay, this is a fucking joke. Bye. What is with the production on the show? Now they have like a nitro thing. It's like picture in the... It's the first your... time, Bob. No excuses. Well, we're about you're, to take a you're break. Li- your company is literally a production company. Well, this is why. It just shrunk on the screen. Yeah. yeah. They just mistimed it, I guess. Oh. The battle against muscular dystrophy. Oh, MDA. Hulk Hogan. Yeah, not Vader. We're getting the uh, fall brawl promo to buy this shit. Purchase the event. September 17th live War on paper. games. Interesting. Hogan's pissed. What are you doing here, Luger? I'll make it clear why I'm here, Hogan. I'm here for one reason. One reason only. To steal the spotlight, brother. Looks like he's coming for the belt. Well, here you go, Dallas. You're getting what you wished for. Uh, Bob wished for it, but... Well, you wanted him to walk out during the main event. Well, yeah, but that already that didn't happen. Wow. We're building. He's baby. saying that he's saying that Hogan's the only world champion because he has the belt. That's not true, Luger. Luger is sick and tired and playing around with kids. That's a WWF shot. Yeah. See here, I knew shit was like that was going to happen. See, but those are subtle enough that I I don't I don't necessarily mind them. I feel like. Luger doesn't care if it's five weeks, five months, or five years from now. He wants a shot at Hogan. If he really waited five years and he's got horrible goals. Right. Well, well that's, really, that's a realistic goal for his WWF career. Well, yeah. So. Well, and to be fair, in school, I always say, what are you going to be doing in five years? Well, Luger says he's going to be WCW champion. Right. Um, do we think Mongo's going to be like a main guy moving forward or what? Main guy in what way? Like on commentary? Yeah. It does seem like that. Yeah. Bischoff mentioned that he was a new, new person on the broadcast team. So it seems as if they're going to be keeping him. Got it. Oh, next Monday, he'll put it on the line next Monday. Okay. See, that's, that's That's too too soon. Oh, well, sh- well, it's happening because he shook his hand. Well, the tape machines are rolling. We got to go. Uh, oh, shoved him. Oh. 
see now that now that's classic WCW where they're focusing more on the TV rating. So like next week is the first time they're head to head. Right. So naturally they have to kind of pull the trigger on that real quickly. So we're coming right. out we're going off the air. Oh no we're not. Oh my god, look we're at the dog. Fish on. That Holy poor dog. Shit. Let's dress up like a devil. Yeah. Sabu will be here next week. Michael Wall Street. Who are you more excited for? Uh, I'm more excited f- for uh, Michael Wall Street. Okay, good. No, that's what I, I can tell you right now. Michael Wall Street probably knows how to break a table more than Sabu does. Oh. He also probably knows how to save his money better than Sabu. Well. Oh, yeah. Well, Sabu- Sabu's ever paid his taxes? Probably not. Right. I'm not I'm not making the joke I was gonna make. I'll say it off here. Oh boy. It's never good when Dallas has to censor himself. Well. Uh that's it. We're off the we're going off the air here. And that's that's a wrap. All right. Well how do how do we feel about the that first show? So I think I didn't think it was a bad show, but it definitely like it almost they definitely were focused more on in ring or like action, there was not a lot of like promos or segments or anything that even explained what was happening. There was like no promos. Yeah. So I feel like in that sense, like I feel like we actually kind of needed some because uh, if I, this is my first time watching, what's that belt that uh, Sting's got? Like what, what is that? You know, or and I don't know. I feel like there was just, we were missing that little bit of context here and there. If you're a new fan, now, if you're not, then it doesn't matter. You probably watch Saturday night, you, which, you know, is probably actually a really great point. Um, so I, don't, I, I get what you're saying, but I don't know if I agree because I think I'm so used to the WWF's overproducing of everything. Like, you know, who's coming out fucking a half hour before they do. Mm-hmm. You know why they're coming out, you know, all that sort of stuff for this. It almost makes you, it forces you to pay attention. Like, Oh, you want to know what's going on? You better be fucking watching. Like you can't just mail it in. You can't just mail in your viewership to this show. So for that reason, I kind of like it. Um, I feel like it flew by, even though my internet uh, blew ass for this whole thing. Um, I felt like it flew by. I didn't mind that there wasn't too much fluff. Cause you got to think raw. We see what probably three or four shots at the commentary table. Um, we're, we're getting vignettes for just BS, you know, products that they're pushing. There was really no fluff to this show, which I liked for once. Um, as far as feeling big or, earth shattering i don't know if i'm there with it you know it's it still feels pretty similar for the most part to a wwf raw you know i think the main elements are still there um however you're not going to see anything like brian pillman jushin liger usually uh every once in a while for maybe a one two three kid match or something um so I do think it's slightly unique with a little bit more action. Um, but all the gimmicky shit is still there. I mean, you know, I don't think it's any less cartoony um, 
than the WWF, no matter what they want to try and and say. I think it's still pretty similar to 1995 wrestling because that's what it is, 1995 wrestling. Um, so to be drastically ground shat, you know, earth shatteringly different than the WWF, I would disagree with that. No, it's kind of like the same, mostly the same formula that they had. Like they started yeah. off with all the commentator guys at ringside and how they introduced it. I think they did a bit of overkill with debuts. I mean, yeah, you know, Luger, there was a lot. Luger's a shock shirt, and then Scott Norton kind of falls flat because it's following that. Right. And then BK Wall Street. Right. And, I mean, you have and, three debuts in 45 minutes. And, that's and we know Sabu's coming in. So we already know right. like a like lot four. of stuff. Yeah, so, that's four. no, I agree. And I think that's where we kind of needed some of those backstage interviews with Mean Gene or, and stuff like that. Like, yeah. yeah, we're used to this overproduced show, but this one definitely seemed uh, less than because it didn't wasn't produced very well. Like, a, not a lot of shit was happening. I think they, they try to throw as many shots out there to grab your attention which i think is fine for the first episode because you got to be like hey look at all these guys are coming in look who's back and yeah but is it a little desperate yeah you have you have to be if you're trying to compete you might as well shoot everything you can i think next week's going to be really interesting Well, Um, well, well speaking of next week so wcw has luger hogan and now on raw we have Shawn michaels against sid which right. one is which one's more intriguing to you? I know. Uh, well, it depends. Do you want to see you want to see a good wrestling match, or do you want to see uh, two guys have a less than decent heavyweight title match? Well, you're just assuming that. I'm definitely just assuming that, and I think I think the people if you're a Luger fan and you you know you're thinking this whole time he's not doing shit in WF oh he's getting a world title shot against Hulk Hogan on that other channel you're gonna switch the channel but if you're a Shawn Michaels fan you want to see Shawn Michaels kick Sid's ass so that match alone might make you still tune into Raw because that's a payoff that we haven't seen exactly that is something that they've so bitterly kept away from us that I'm gonna watch Raw just to spite them. Like, you better show me that match, you pieces of shit, because I've been waiting for it for fucking ever. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you about the whole Hogan-Luger thing, too. I mean, like you've said, Luger's coming off of a mid-card run. WCW, if I'm a WWF fan, if you're trying to get that WWF fan, I'm like, well, Luger really didn't do anything. And you're probably over Hogan at this point. I would mm-hmm. imagine, but you're all, right. and you're also thinking anytime Luger's gotten a world title match, he's failed. So sure. I already know how this is going to play out. Right. So I think Sean and Sid probably is the stronger main event. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because there is a little bit of storyline. You know, that's one of the only things they've really kind of built to the last couple of months. I would say not great. It hasn't been a great build, but it's something yeah. to whereas Luger Hogan. It's so obviously you already know what the outcome is going to be that it's like not even worth watching to me. I don't let the stigma of Lex Luger being shitty for the last two years hurt it too much. It's more so the fact that as a wrestling fan, I know not much for Luger is going to change right off the bat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. So I I, I never try to, you know, 
if some if someone was shitty one place and they come in here, like I want to now, I want to give Luger another chance. And I do and that. I watching, agree. And I do I do that watching wrestling now, and sometimes well, it works out really great. And especially if it's a square peg going into a square hole, Luger and WWF was a square peg trying to fit in a circle hole. It was never going to work. Even the heel run, like it would have been a little bit better, but he would have got lost in the shuffle. I don't think Luger's that strong of a performer to pull off a, you know, a main event heel position. Um, so, you know, regardless of what happened, yeah, babyface was probably the way wrong way to go. But it wouldn't have been much better, I don't think, down the line anyway. If anything, the face thing kind of kept him a little bit relevant for a little bit longer than he probably would have. Mm-hmm. Um, so for Luger to be back in his element where he's supposed to be as a WCW guy, where he arguably probably made his most money even before leaving, uh, it just, for me, it's going to feel better. I feel better about watching Luger on WCW in a weird sort of way than I do on WWF television. No, for sure. For sure. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else there really is to talk about. Well, the last thing I'm going to say is I'm really sad that I got to watch round next week and I can't keep watching something different, but that's okay. Well, that's Austin's fault. See, and here's the thing. I don't agree with you. You know, watching this WCW, like I said, it went quick. A lot of action. You know, felt a little different. Nothing crazy. But for me, watching this, kind of in a bias to WWF, because that is what we've stayed loyal to this this long. Um, and having seen this show before, I'm sure that takes away of the luster a little bit. Um, to me, WCW Nitro, the first episode, didn't feel all that special. It, it didn't make me want to stop watching WWF programming or, or choose WCW over WWF programming. To me, I don't know, WWF feels like what's happening and WCW is just following, you know, why, why would I, why would I turn the channel? I have no reason to. I have seen Luger for the last two years. Saw Hogan when he was here. It wasn't great in the last, you know, year or so he was here. I've seen a lot of IRS, you know what I mean? All these guys that really are going to be the focal points moving forward. Brian Pillman's not going to be no focal point. Just a Liger ain't gonna be no focal point. Yeah, but you know what you, I mean? Yeah, but you don't know that as a fan either. You you uh, kinda do. Yeah, I think you do. I think you know. You, you kinda do. Mm, I think if you're a new fan and you're newly watching Nitro, you're hoping that you're gonna see them again in the next week or two. But I mean, then when you don't, you're gonna be bummed yeah, out. Yeah, but they're they're not building anything around those guys. You no, know that but, as a fan. You know that as a fan. Yeah. I think sometimes so that surprise you. So Maybe as a smart me, fan, you know it, but... So for me, it feels like a microwavable meal. You know, I've, I've had that already. It, oh, it's in a different package, though. Well, yeah, but it's still the same bland chicken, and, you know, you know, crusty mashed potatoes. Whereas over here, it's not much better. It's prison food across the board. But at least over here, they just made it. Yeah, they might have spit in it. You never know. It's prison food. But at least it ain't reheated. 
So I'm going with that. Until WCW proves me wrong, I'm not falling into that trap. You know, I, I've I've given a lot of things chances over the last two years and, and consistently have been disappointed. And again, that's WWF programming. But a lot of those same guys already we're going to see are jumping over. It's going to be hard to pry me away knowing what I know about the talents. Luger, again, is a special case, and I think I explained that pretty well. But, you know, as things move and progress in the near future, I think it's going to be pretty hard for me to be like, okay, you know, dusting my hands off, I'm done with Raw, let's move over to the Nitro train. I don't see it happening. Because right now, to me, after watching this first episode of WCW, it's not offering me a whole lot of variance. So that's where I'm at with it. I didn't. I don't hate this episode by any means. Um, but if I'm watching something over another, it's got to be for a pretty damn good reason. And right now, WCW for me, for this show, did not provide me those reasons. I mean that's kind of surprising. I thought W I thought WCW came across more of a like a big league deal than Rod has. Did you? I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure I there think... were some like production issues, but you look at the stars. Well yeah, mm-hmm. I think I once mean... we watch once we watch Raw next week and that Sean and Diesel match is the only thing of even a little bit of substance, then uh, we need to reference what we just said and be like, okay, what was bigger? Sting and Flair? And Hogan and fucking Big Bubba of all people, or it's like, oh, you're excited to see one match on a card when generally the featured matches aren't really that exciting, anyways. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong, I love Shawn Michaels, and like, is Shawn Michaels going to carry Sid to a decent match? I sure hope so, but I don't know. I and I think it's just the change of pace. I think even I mean, I haven't I didn't watch ninety three ninety four with you guys. I only watched since the beginning of 95 and I'm ready to switch the channel. I, I, it doesn't matter if, if you know, oh, it's the same guys. It's like, I need something fresh. I need something with new eyes. That's where well, I'm at. With it. Austin, are you planning on watching Nitro before you watch Ron or no? No, I won't be. I won't be. Okay, so then he won't even know. He won't even have that context. So he'll just be watching Raw anyway. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I said... It's not so much that, like I said, I didn't... it's hard to explain. I, and I, I think Dallas makes a good point. He hasn't been watching for the last two years. You know, it's one of those things where if this were to come along, say, two years ago, man, that would have felt big. If this would have came along in 93 when WWF was even still just getting off the ground and now all of a sudden we got a whole new one, what do you do? What do you watch? They're on a level playing field. For me, it's like I'm so invested in the WWF programming now. I know all the stories from the last two years. You know, it's going to be easier for me to leave my hand off the remote and just stick with what I know. And I feel like that might be a, the case for a lot of fans, you know. So that's maybe the perspective I'm coming from. Uh, not to say that I don't want to give Nitro a chance. Um, but again, if I'm breaking my routine for turning on, you know, this channel over a new one, 
It's going to take a lot more than a Hulk Hogan Bubba Rogers match and a Sting uh, Ric Flair match. To me, that that just wasn't enough. To me, right now, WCW doesn't have enough for me to change the channel. We've watched the pay-per-views. They haven't been much better than the WWF ones, and that's saying something because the WWF ones have been horrible. Right now, I'm playing it safe as a fan. You know, what do you want to watch that you know it'll at least be on next week and the week after that? Because guess what? It has been for the last two years. Who knows? Who knows what, what WCW will, you know, will turn out? Will they even be on TV next month? Who knows? We don't know. It's, unpre- it's unproven. So for me, I'm playing it safe as a fan, just like really the fucking bookers are at this time playing it safe. Saying, I'm going to stick over here because it's what I know. It's not going anywhere. Um, And there is a couple of guys that I care about over this brand new, unproven, realistically, not much different program. I'm just going to stick with what I know. It's not enough to pull me over to the other side. Yeah, I mean, it's going to just be a case of watching something new and falling in love with it. Well. And that could be the case. And I'm sure, well, it obviously was the case. Yeah. Um, and who knows, episode two could easily sway me. And I could easily turn around next week and say, you know what? Holy shit, episode two. Uh, yeah, we should be watching Nitro. Or you know what I mean? I, I think it right. changes case-to-case basis. But for me, again, I've seen this first episode. I knew kind of what to expect. I knew how weak the main event was. I knew how silly the Luger-Hogan thing comes off. For me, the air is already taken out of it for the first episode. Um, but, you know, who's to say, like I said, if we were to watch through, I almost guarantee there would be episodes pretty early on that would swing me the other way. Yeah. But in this particular case, as a fan, say in that time, I'm sticking with WWF. I'm playing it safe. No, I get that. I do. I, I get that. Uh, well, next week's episode, uh, Raw returns September 11th, 1995. The first time head-to-head with Nitro. Pick your side. Hogan Luger or Sean and Sid. You guys have anything else for this week's episode? Nothing from me. I think that about wraps it up. I'm glad we were able to uh, to sit down and watch, like I said, just the first kind of launching point of WCW. We've seen their pay-per-views. There's been some really good pay-per-views throughout the years that we've seen on bonus episodes. Um, As of late, not super great. But regardless, there is potential in that company. And that's exciting. It's exciting to know that they are on a channel. So that, hey, if I am in the mood to switch, I have that option. It's just nice to have options in pro wrestling. You know, to whereas before... With Raw, oh, you're sick of Raw? Well, just stop watch wrestling. Just don't watch wrestling anymore. That's your option. Or spend some money and tape trade, but like that's kind of a hassle. Um, so it's just nice to know that the pro wrestling world will be opening up for business moving forward. It's not so much a one-way street anymore. And I think that's really at home. I think that alone 
not necessarily the stars or the swapping. The fact that there is two different promotions to watch anytime you want, one over the other, I think that's what changes wrestling more than anything else at this time. Giving people those freedoms, giving them something different, catering to a different audience. You know, it's it's not the same spoonful. It might taste similar, but it's not the same spoonful. And for a lot of people, that's enough. You know, so, and I think maybe even Dallas might be one of those people. You know, that's enough. It's different. So that's enough for me to keep tasting it. And that's great. I, I think realistically, coming down to my point, that's what really helps turn the tide in pro wrestling at this time. Well, I'm curious to hear from the listeners um, if maybe if Nitro at any point does kind of turn your interest away from Raw. And if it does, why it does. So over the next several, I guess, potentially years, uh, I think it'll be interesting to see what episodes people prefer. You know, if next week people preferred Nitro over Raw, I think that would be interesting to to find out and how it gradually shifts even back to WWF if that were to happen amongst uh, the majority. Because I, I think the you know, a lot of people would say Nitro is the better show for the next two to three years. Right. But then there's there's other people that think that Raw's underrated during that time. Right. So well and and let me let me go on the record here before we close and let me mark it now because I already know this is episode one fifty. And at some point probably probably sooner rather than later, I will eat my words one hundred percent. And I'll and I'll own that right now. But where I stand right now as a watching fan in nineteen ninety five is where I stand. But I will regret my stance. Just like you did when it came to Tatanka. Well, don't push it, Bob. Well, just saying. You said you hated him, you never would like him, and then you turned out you liked him. I like when he's mean. <laughs> that still counts. Okay. Well, you that know. Counts. All right. Well, uh, that should do it for episode. 150. Hopefully you guys continue to follow along with us as we are now in the Monday Night Wars. I think that both shows are going to be quite interesting moving forward. So, until next week, for Austin Skinner and for Dallas Gridley, I am Bob Collins Jr. And this has been I Go Bob. You gotta hear it.